Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to episode five of Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and the subject of today's episode is uh, twofold. It's how to make a good first impression to a potential employer, and also how to find your niche and where you fit in, in in your work. Today's questions are brought to you by the audacious Michelle Mazzarella. I have known this fabulous creature for several years, and when I asked Instagram a couple of weeks ago what they wanted to hear about on this podcast, she gave me so many amazing ideas. I'm going to use two of them today. So thank you, Michelle. Love you. Love you. So before we jump into this, I just wanted to make a note that most people who follow me, and therefore probably the only people that are listening to this, are working artists of some kind, creative entrepreneurs of some kind, and therefore this is not uh, advice that might be relevant to largely any other (laughs) industry. I don't know how to make a good impression to your boss at Microsoft. I have no idea how to make a good impression to someone who's um, building a team of engineers. That is not my expertise. I am a weirdo and I work with weirdos. And in creative industries, on the stage, particularly aerialists, dancers, uh, physical performing artists is where most of my experience has been. If this can be useful to you outside of that, I hope so. Um, Also, you know, keep your salt shaker with you. But I truly, truly do stand by uh, everything that I'm about to tell you in terms of working in the creative industry and the performing arts and generally building a professional life for yourself that you can live with. So how to make a good first impression my first instinctual answer is to say, don't. Don't try to make a good first impression. Uh, And the reason that I say that is because I am a very firm believer in not pandering. I don't uh, encourage it. I can't support it. I don't think you should pander to your audience. I don't think you should pander to your employers. Um, But are there things that you can do to uh, set yourself above? Um, Yeah, of course there is. The very, very first thing you can do to make a great first impression and to put yourself head and shoulders above most of the rest is to show up in the first place. You know, actually apply. Put yourself forward. Apply to the thing. Introduce yourself to the person. Show up, make eye contact. Know how to do a handshake properly. Um, Make sure your hand is dry, you know, stuff like that, like little human details that really, really matter. Uh, If you are a very, very awkward person and a lot of creative people do feel socially awkward, remember that social skills are a skill like any other. They can be learned like a standing back tuck. They can be learned and probably a lot easier. So as cliche as this sounds, I really do stand by it. Um, Be yourself. Be all of yourself that you can muster. Be you loudly and unapologetically. 
know how to ask for what you need. That is so, so important uh, in our industry and probably in all industries. One, to know what you need and two, to be able to ask for it clearly. Clear communication is very admirable. It's very easy to work with. It is so much more fun to work with someone uh, in a supervisory capacity or otherwise, even as like an equal collaborator, who cleanly and plainly states what they need to do their job well, ask for what they need, knows that they don't always get it because sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes we need to make a compromise, but at least they can ask. It is so much nicer to work with someone who has the kind of self-respect that uh, comes along with being able to ask for what they need clearly and concisely than it is to work with someone who is uh, a people pleaser who is not yet in recovery for being a people pleaser because um, that kind of personality tends to come across as like a little passive aggressive honestly and you can never really tell if they're telling you the truth and like are they happy are they going home and complaining I really can't tell because they're not communicating um, their needs. Uh, I guess they're okay because they haven't said anything, so I guess things will continue as normal. So, yes, clear communication, not clever. Asking for what you need, which means knowing what you need to do your job well. For example, if you go into a dressing room and it's 55 degrees and you have to do an acrobatic set, that's probably not going to work out. Um, asking for what you need in that case would be like, I need a warm dressing room, like a human. But I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself because what Michelle was asking about was how to make a good first impression. And like super generally, I, I don't think you should try to make a very good impression. I think that you should be yourself cleanly, loudly, um, fill your space, enjoy being the creature that you are. Look people in the eye, um, have a good handshake, speak directly, take deep breaths, and know what you want out of the situation. They know what they want. Uh, if, if you are going to someone because you want an opportunity that they have access to, they know exactly what they want, uh, or a pretty good idea of it, um, and you know exactly what you want, so you may as well stand firm in that and if you end up not getting chosen, that just means that you were not right for them. And if it's not right for them, it's not going to be right for you. It's kind of like uh, the question that I get surrounding um, audition materials like demo reels uh, for positions that um, artists would like to fill. And they're like, what? Um, what should I add? What should I take away? And a lot of times everything is right there. Um, that that uh, the casting director or, or whomever could need to make their choice. But we as artists tend to think like, maybe there's something else I can do to tip the scales in my favor. But uh, let me just settle your anxiety for a moment because you cannot trick someone into thinking that you're a good fit when you're not, um, especially given something like a demo reel, which is just so clear cut, it's a video representation of your skills. And um, are there best practices for that? Yes, of course there are. That's not the subject of today's episode, but 
Of course, there are good practices and there are practices that could be improved on. But if it is clear who you are in the video and what you are doing, you can rest easy in knowing that you are well representing yourself. And then it is their choice to make. Here's something super important to remember. If you are a performing artist, uh, if you are a freelancer of any kind, it is not your job to decide what you're a good fit for. I'm going to say that again. It is not your job to decide what you're good fit for. That's someone else's job. They get paid for it. Let them do their job. It is your job to show up, make the best case possible for yourself, um, tell the truth, and advocate for yourself. It's your job to show up and apply, to put your stuff out into the world and to pursue opportunities that really light you up. You're like, yeah, I want to do that. Oh, yes, I want to do that. Not, oh, this would be cool, I guess. This is your life. Don't waste your time doing some shit that you're going to be embarrassed about three years later. Pursue the things that you want to be doing. And that's where we come all the way back to the beginning again, which is like how to stand out and make a good impression is to show up. Just show up. Now, are there qualities that are um, very attractive other than skills, not this is not skill-based what I'm talking about, but are there qualities that are really attractive in a collaborator uh, or someone else working on a production um, for any opportunity? Yes, there are. It is pretty fun to work with people who are fun. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to be a class clown or try to be funny when you're not. Just don't do that. Um, but people that are easy to work with tend to get a lot of work. Once again, that does not mean that you don't ask for what you need when you need it. Uh, But, you know, we are, if you are a performing artist, and especially if you're in the United States listening to this, it's not like our industry is super well-funded. So sometimes things are on a shoestring, and that means being flexible uh, is going to help you out, not because someone else finds it easier to work with, but because your life is going to be easier if you're able to sort of take things as they come and maybe adjust this or that uh, within reason, making sure that your needs are still being met. Now, a little personal experience. I have seen many highly skilled artists get passed over for artists of lesser skill because they were easier to work with. And not just because they, I don't mean that they were bending over backwards and being a gopher. That's not what I mean at all. I mean that, um, you know, don't be a jerk. If you are um, supportive to the people around you, uh, that makes a difference, um, particularly in auditions. You know, uh, I think that it really does matter to be supportive of the other people, your competition, who are standing next to you. Because if you can be supportive of someone who's in direct competition with you for a part, that speaks so much to what you're going to be like to work with. And particularly if we're talking about a longer term project that's possibly months, um, going to be months and months, maybe even years in the making, uh, what would you choose? I learned that at my very, very first audition 
I think it was for La Rev. Uh, they came through San Francisco when I was just an itty bitty baby aerialist at the circus center. And there was this audition and I signed up and oh, I was just a baby. I, I was not ready for it, but what's your job? Not to decide if you're ready for it. That's someone else's job. So I, I went to the audition. Everyone uh, that I knew that trained there went to the audition. My coach was there. Um, uh, her peers were there and everyone was so warm and supportive of each other. And one of the things we had to do was, you know, like 10 pull-ups. I think I could do four at the time. And people were just like chanting, go, Rachel, go. And it was, obviously, I didn't get it. I wasn't, um, I wasn't what they were looking for at the time. Uh, but that audition was a wonderful experience. And it really dispelled um, the anxiety that I might have had around auditioning if I hadn't had such a lovely first experience. It set the tone for the rest of my career from then on any time I was in an audition setting. It was just so much fun to relax, cheer everyone else on, just be at peace with the moment. And someone that I used to take class with in Circus Center uh, was an actress and before that audition, she gave me a really good piece of advice, which was, auditions are for you. They're for you. Enjoy the experience. And someone else told me, hey, it's basically a free dance class. And that was for a dance audition. But, you know, they were right. It was a free dance class. Uh, it's a great experience. And does it mean that you're ruining your future chances? No, it doesn't. If you show up to something and you are like, not strong enough and not fitting the bill for what they need? No, it doesn't. Um, because who has that kind of memory, honestly? And are we really thinking that you audition for something, you're not strong enough or highly skilled enough to land the role, and then you come back five years later and the casting director's like, no, not that one. She wasn't strong five years ago. Come the fuck on. No. So, in summary, um, show up. That is the best and most important thing that you can do. Show up, apply, put yourself forward, uh, make the eye contact, have the handshake, know how to be yourself, um, ask for what you need, be able to advocate for yourself, know what you want out of the interaction. And, you know, don't be a jerk. <laughs> be nice. Just, you know, don't be a jerk. And being flexible is always uh, a welcome addition within reason as long as you're still getting your needs met. And we still like we still have some time, so I want to address another one of Michelle's questions, as these are so good. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, which is figuring out where you fit in, like what is your niche, uh, what should you pursue? And once again, my <laughs> advice is don't figure out where you fit in and what your niche is. Just make your work. Don't pander to any particular um, casting director, to any particular eye, to any particular audience. That doesn't mean don't consider the audience when you make your work. It just means do not pander to them. They deserve to see um, the truest expression of you. And you can't, you can't perform a true expression uh, if you are lying to yourself. So as far as knowing where you fit in and what your niche is, make your work. 
fly your freak flag. Make the work that is irresponsible, that seems like, why would anyone ever buy this? Doesn't matter. Have you already asked everyone? No. If you are a freelancer or a performer of any kind, y'all, you can make money doing the weirdest shit. I swear to God. If you were to ask me, like, Rachel, what is the niche that you work in? Uh, I don't know what I would tell you. I would tell you that I'm a performing artist and that I like to explore themes of uh, gender, magical realism, and the visceral, particularly uh, when it comes to memorable spectacle and um, a really compelling visual product. Uh, I don't... Is that a niche? I don't know. I just make what I make and it gets sold where it gets sold and I get to work with the people that I get to work with. This is different from, uh, say, um, being a, a coach, uh, running an online business. Um, yes, you need to make something that you believe in. You need to make something that you are gifted in, something that comes from you. Uh, but also, it is prudent to make sure that there is an audience for that. Now, this is for coaching, not for performing. But when it comes to performance art, uh, I prefer to look at it through the lens of what needs to be made by me? What do I have to say? And then say it, say it clearly, say it well, say it poorly, then say it better. Um, say it and say it and make it and make it and make it better. And when you are done, if we're ever done, um, hopefully you will have a product that is so radiant um, in its truth telling and so true to the original um, vision that you had for it, that it, it, it is no question of innovation because it could not have been said by anyone else, not in the way that you have said it. As an example of uh, this kind of work, I love to use um, one of my uh, dear friends and probably my favorite performer of all time, uh, hand balancer and front bending contortionist, Fleeky Flanco. Don't look him up on Instagram. He's not there. But Fleeky's act is, um, well, it is, it's very high skilled. Um, uh, everything that I've seen from him is high skill. But also, it is so unique in his character development and movement quality. The character that he frequently embodies is uh, very visceral, very strange and bizarre. And you're not quite sure what you're looking at. And you're like, am I in a David Lynch film right now? And I freaking love it um like i said favorite performer ever can't take your eyes off of him and he didn't get that way by pandering uh, you know he he worked on that character and on those movements for years and years and years and i know this because he told me and the work that he gets is not in spite of his bizarreness it is because of it it's so compelling you want to see it again. You want to see more. Uh, the expression that he's able to fit into like the tiniest movement is just, it's wonderful to see. And uh, that's what I wish for all of you. Not to be like him because, you know, just don't try. <laughs> just be like you. 
Be like you, super loud. Don't pander. Make the work you want to make. Do the thing you want to do. Let the freak flag fly. And rather than finding where you fit in and finding your niche, your niche will find you if you're showing up. Like, you you do have to be looking. You do have to be applying. You do have to be putting yourself out there. Uh, but, like, the your people are looking for you the same as you're looking for your people. And when you find each other, it's just, it's so wonderful. And you're like, oh, thank God that I didn't, like, pander and make some cookie-cutter bullshit that anyone could have formulaically predicted uh, that was going to be on stage. You know, thank God I made the thing that I wanted to make and I didn't compromise on my vision because I was afraid that no one would buy it. Are you guaranteed that someone is going to buy it? No, you're guaranteed nothing. There's no guarantees. This is a universal truth of life. Nothing is guaranteed, but what is it? Death and taxes or some shit like that. So either way, nothing is guaranteed. But wouldn't you rather spend your life making the work that needs to be made from you? Wouldn't you rather spend your career creating things that you can stand next to and be proud of and be like, yeah, bitch, I made that. And it was brave and it was weird and it's cool and I am in love with it. I want that for all of you so much to be so in love with the work that you are doing that you don't get nervous to show it to someone. It doesn't mean you don't have moments of doubt. You're like, oh, I hope they like it. Of course you hope they like it. Yeah, of course we hope they like it. Like, I hope you like it. I hope you like this freaking podcast. But I hope that you are uh, so in love with what you have created and what you are doing that it doesn't matter if someone's like, you know, it's not a good fit for for us. Because if it's not a good fit for them, it is not a good fit for you. Because you want to be working with and surrounded by people who value the particular flavor of weird that is you. But you got to be showing up and you got to be looking so happy, happy looking, happy making, happy creating to all of you. And I wanted to say uh, thanks again to Michelle for the great questions. And thanks to all of you for listening um, otherwise, it's just me sitting in my office talking to myself. So you're very important part of this equation. I appreciate you being here very much. I hope this has been helpful for you, giving you some food for thought. If you want to say thank you to me, the best thing that you could do for me is to share this with somebody that you think uh, could benefit from it or might like it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Rachel Strickland Creative, and on Patreon, backslash Rachel Strickland Creative. Would love to hear from you if you have any episode ideas. I'm still taking them because this is still super new, and I'm going to do all of the suggestions that I get until I stop saying this at the end of shows. So thank you for being here. Have a fantastic whatever time of day it is. And remember that the breezes at dawn have secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep.